0: It is great to be with you today. And like we just sang, Christ alone is our strength and he's our hope, and he does not disappoint. Um, But we've been talking about the power of cherishing. And if I could be so bold, before you make any life decisions like filing for divorce or uh, begin marriage counseling or switching jobs or thinking about giving somebody a piece of your mind, let me encourage you to go back and to listen to some of the messages from the last couple of weeks. We've learned together the power of cherishing and the ability that it has to change absolutely everything, even a situation that you've given up on or you're hopeless about. Let me encourage you to go back and and to learn about this power of cherishing that you and I can have to see relationships change. Last week we learned about the power of language and how it manifests as cherishing into a relationship through what we say and what we, what we speak out of our lives into the lives that matter most to us. Today we're going to look at another element or power that we have to communicate cherishing, and that is serving. But we're going to use a different illustrative word to communicate this idea of serving. We're going to be saying that that what we need to do is to shepherd what we cherish. And we're gonna be learning about shepherding what we cherish. So I like the word shepherding for a couple of reasons. One, Jesus uses the word a lot. Um, Another reason why I like the word shepherding is it breaks the cowboy herd version of relationships. It implies walking alongside and working out relationships. Now, don't get me wrong. there are times when the cowboy approach relationships is necessary and does manifest a, a form of cherishing a concept of cherishing but allegorically it really doesn't translate as well as shepherding i mean think about cowboying sitting in a saddle so you're in a posture of being above looking down um the idea of of coercing or moving through driving or roping cattle uh, whereas the shepherd imagery pictures a closeness, um, saddlelessness. It's the idea of walking out relationship that Jesus wanted to communicate to us as the power of cherishing. At work, you can corral all day long, all that you want to do, but when it comes to those relationships that you want to cherish, a different approach of serving is going to be needed. So the shepherd tends to the sheep. I think we all know that. But the word tend means to to care for or to look after, to give one's attention to. And this is the power of serving that is needed in relationships. It's not just, you know, doing the job that you're getting paid for. It's not just Uh, fulfilling a commitment that you made. It's not just doing the gazillion things that need to be done every single day of your life, but rather it's the serving that communicates cherishing to the people around you. It is the care, the attention. Um, It is um, the love that is given to the growth of the relationship, the well-being of the relationship that we value. So just because you're a parent doesn't mean you're shepherding. And just because you're married doesn't mean you're shepherding. And just because you're a pastor doesn't even mean that you're shepherding. I mean, I can tell you from personal experience. I, I remember one of my mentors, Doug, he, um, he used to always laugh because when it came time to step out and to start Crosstown, I remember telling him, listen, all I want to do is preach. Uh, I really don't like people, don't want to be around people. I'm going to hire somebody that that will take care of the people, and then I'm just going to preach. That's all I want to do. And and so I can tell you that for the first couple of years of ministry, uh, being a pastor for me was a platform to teach, but it didn't mean I was a shepherd just because I held the title. So just because we're parents and just because we're married doesn't mean that we're actually doing the 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 serving act and the sacrifice act of tending to, looking over, caring for, and nurturing the the relationships that we're in. So let's look at this in reverse. Let's look at relationships when they don't have shepherding taking place in their lives. And Jesus begins to tell us what it begins to look like when people go throughout life without shepherding. And in Matthew 9, 36, he says this. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, harassed and helpless. I know at first glance, that really doesn't sound too bad. But when you begin to dig into the type of language that Jesus used when he said it, it really something profound. It, it's it's very striking. The word "harassed" in the Eng, uh, is the English word selected to represent the Greek word skulo Now, when you hear something like that, you you immediately think of maybe a metal heavy metal band or uh, a character in a video game. Which, by the way, there is actually that. But this word "skulo" that looks like the word skull, means this. It means to fillet to the bone, to render, uh, to rend, or to mangle. Now, when you put that in there, this visceral nature of the statement is really shocking. And I have to say, when I first read it, and I looked at what the Greek word meant, I was really kind of put back. it seemed like a grotesque caricature of human experience, and I was a little surprised that Jesus would use it, that he would say that people who were not being shepherded, uh, it was like they were being um, flayed to the bone, that the, the meat and the skin of their lives was being removed from them. And so, you know, it's like, well, that's just a horrible picture, and... It almost seemed like a misrepresentation, but, but it's not. It's what happens to us when relationships lack tending or shepherding. The, the meat of the relationship begins to get flayed. The beauty of the relationship begins to be removed. It's what happens to an untended child that's getting bullied at school. It's what happens to a preteen girl when she is led by boys onto Snapchat uh, instead of being shepherded by her father. It's what happens to years of marriage when couples abandon shepherding and tending to their relationship and choose rather to fight for their rights and constantly revisit past mistakes. When relationships are not tended to, when they are not shepherded, served and sacrificed for they are flayed to the bone to the skull as the word would say and i know that some of you may think that this is a real hyperbole and an exaggeration and and if i didn't have years of experience listening to story after story about families and relationships i would agree with you But the gross part about this is is that it is exactly what happens to a marriage or an untended soul. Jesus quoted scripture, and he was probably also quoting uh, an agrarian proverb when he said this about shepherding, a principle about shepherding. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will scatter. So when the heart of shepherding is struck in a relationship and left abandoned, the relationships that we cherish begin to scatter. Um, Marriages and families don't just fall apart. They are scattered. You don't fall out of love, but rather you allow your cherishing heart, your shepherding heart to be struck. See, those things don't happen by accident, those things, don't happen because of the influence of other people into our lives. It is whether or not we decide to tend to our marriages, whether we tend to cherish our relationships. It's whether we're going to guard our hearts and the people that we're in relationship with. So that was kind of looking at it from what it looks like when we don't tend to it, this visceral picture of a relationship that is just carved to the bone and only a skull remains so i want you to just take a deep breath again i i know some of you are probably surprised it's like hey doesn't this guy know this is a video uh it's like you know we're all doing video church now why so serious you know but i i think you realize that god wants us to go forward with life whether coronavirus or not uh, whether video or not he wants us all to go forward this is a time for tending this is a time for learning this is a time for loving, becoming leaders in our relationships. So um, there's never a time for taking off from, from the intensity of cherishing in a relationship. So, so just take a deep breath in a little bit and let me just say, Uh, Let it be a breath of hope for all your relationships, no matter how old you are or wherever the relationship is, because we're about to hear Jesus breathe relationship back into, hope back into this. Uh, And he talks about it through the power of serving and sacrifice that each and every one of us can make through the power of his spirit in our life. And he's going to show us that relationships can be restored. And that hope can come back into it regardless of whether or not we failed in the past or not. So in John chapter 10, Jesus totally sells out to this idea, not only illustratively, but in actuality, and goes all shepherd on us. I mean, the whole chapter, is, he talks about being a shepherd, he talks about the shepherd, about becoming the shepherd, and he just goes all shepherd on us. And it's, it's, it's him selling out to this concept. And he gives a whole chapter to talk this way. And, and I think that's really important and vital for us to see that this is not just an illustration. This is not just an allegorical story. Jesus is really pinpointing that, listen, we need to move out of cowboy herd mentality towards relationships uh, and begin this process of tending through serving cherishing through sacrificing for the relationships around us. So speaking about the shepherd, the occupation of the shepherd, in John 10, starting in verse 7, he says this. The sheep hears the shepherd's voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Now, this should be hope for everyone. And I found hope in this, is because the sheep hear the shepherd's voice, Now, it doesn't say that the sheep hear the parents' voice or their father's voice or their mother's voice or um, whoever's in charge's voice. It says that the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. And the reason why this is so important is that sheep hear the tending voice, is that we as people will hear the voice that is tending to us. We may not always hear the voice of authority, the voice of um, who's in charge. We may be able to just kind of just block that out or we may rebel against that. But it says that the sheep will hear the shepherd's voice. And Jesus here is is not talking about him as a shepherd. He's talking about the occupation of the shepherd. Is that here's a principle, an axiom. Sheep hear the voice voice of their shepherd. So the thing is, if you want your kids to hear you, if you want your spouse to hear you, if you want valued relationships uh, to hear you speaking into them again, and you wanna restore them, then what needs to happen? You need to become a shepherd. And it's almost like a guarantee that if you begin the tending work of serving and sacrifice for for your relationships, it says they will hear it. So for some of us, we're hearing the message from God, and it's this, get back to it, and they will hear it. It's not over. Get back to the work of doing a shepherd. Get back to doing what you were supposed to do in your marriage as a husband and, and as a wife. Tend to that relationship. Get back to doing what you're supposed to do with, uh, as a parent and, and raising children. Get back to the shepherding part of it, because your sheep will hear that. They may not hear you as a parent, but they will hear you. They will hear the tending voice of serving and sacrifice being spoken into their lives. Begin to serve and to care and to provide and to give attention to your cherished relationships, and they will respond. So I don't. If you're 75 years old here, and you know you have a 40 or 50 year old uh, son out there that hates your guts, this should be the voice of hope. Maybe you're in a marriage relationship, you're 30 years into it, and for lack of a better definition, the word filleted, that means that every bit of meat and passion and beauty and life has been cut from it, and all you're left is the bone of commitment, you know, the skull, and that's all you have left. This should be speaking hope to you, because if we'll get back to tending, that we'll begin to guide our sheep, begin to guide the relationships that we cherish back to where they're supposed to be. So Jesus continues to talk about the shepherd. He says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not know, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. I love it. He says that, he, that the shepherd brings them out. Well, what's he bringing them out for? He's bringing them out for nourishment. He's bringing them out to bring them to that pasture, to that place where they get nourished and fed and strengthened and, and watered and all the different things that they need. And so he, he brings them out. But he also, it says that he goes before them meaning that part of shepherding is leading by example, by your life. And see, when we as mothers and fathers, as husbands and wives, as people in community, people in relationships with other people, when we begin to bring others to a place of nourishment and strengthening them, when we begin to give the attention to what our leadership is, where we're trying to lead people to, when we begin that process, it says that what results is that the stranger will not follow. Um, they, uh, They will not follow the voice of the stranger. Now, I don't know how you can infidelity proof your marriage more than tending to your marriage. Because everybody has temptations and allurements and things that will attract. Um, isn't it funny when we refer to men having a wandering eye? I mean, just picture that like a sheep without a shepherd. It's, it's, it's wandering, it's scattered, it's out there. But when, when a man and, a, and, and his wife are tending to the relationship and all the ways that God's given us to do so, that it begins to bring the wanderer back. And so that when a relationship is tended to, it begins to make it that the voice of the stranger, the voice of infidelity, is no longer followed. It may still be heard, but it's not followed. Um, If you want to, as much as possible, to save your child from the perils of um, a Snapchat incident or... um, some experience relationally in junior high or in high school. If you want to save them from that kind of event, then lead your child. Shepherd your child. Tend to your child. And though they may hear that voice and they may hear the voice of culture speaking to them and trying to mislead them into the wrong direction, it says that they will not follow. And all of this, not because you're a parent, not just because you're married and uh, not just because you're a friend, but because you're you're somebody who tends to the relationship. And this is great stuff uh, that, that he's talking to us. Now, let me just, the last part of the scripture that we're going to look at. Now, Jesus goes a little kind of Pink Floyd and Beatles on us. And you'll see what I, I mean by this. As Jesus continues to talk about shepherding, he says this. So Jesus said to them again, truly, I say to you, Um, I am the door of the sheep and all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. Now the reason why I thought that was kind of funny is like, he's like, well, I am the shepherd and I am the door. And, and you know, um, I'm thinking he's about to say, you know, something like cuckoo, cuckoo, or, you know, like, this is like the imagery is like, well, how can you be a door and a shepherd in the same allegory, you know, in the same illustrative language? How can you be two different things in the same thing? And it's kind of like, you know, it just reminds me of a couple songs that I've listened to under certain influences. But he continues and he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and he will go out and he will find pasture. And the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy, and I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So what is all this, you know, I am the shepherd and I am the door language? What Jesus is correlating is the role of shepherding to the power of opening and closing gates of influence in a person's life. That's what shepherding does. It opens and it closes gates of influences and effects into a person's life or into a person's relationships. That's what a good husband does when he's shepherding in his marriage. He opens influences and closes himself to influences. It's what a good wife does. It's what good parents do when they're shepherding. They create paths of nourishing. They open the doors to nourishing and create paths to nourishing. But likewise, they also shut doors to ruin to all the negative influences that can happen in a relationship. And what Jesus is saying is that the role, a good shepherd, the role of a shepherd is controlling this ebb and flow of influence in relationships, and that he serves this relationship, and he, and he leads out, and he closes the door to the predator that wants to destroy the relationship. And going further with this and illustrating the heart of the shepherd, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. So now he's talked about the occupational shepherd, But he's loved the idea so much that he says, Okay, I am the good shepherd. Now, I don't believe we're operating in metaphor any longer. I I don't think he's just using words that the kingdom of heaven is like. I think he actually sees himself as a shepherd. And that should really tell us that this concept of shepherding is not just a minor idea. He said, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Again, that's what happens when our children, when our marriage, um, when our relationships are vacated from the shepherd heart, and now we're doing as much as we're going to do only because we're going to get paid back for what we're doing of the hireling he says he flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep he's not interested in serving and he's definitely not interested in laying down his life but Jesus said I am the good shepherd I know my own and my own know me wow what a great what a great result of the power of shepherding relationship to be known and to have that that sense of stability and comfort and knowledge knowing that you're you're known by God and and that God knows you and and that you know God, and, and that that can trickle down, that kind of relationship dynamic can trickle down into a husband and wife relationship, and, and into a, a, a father-child relationship, a mother-child relationship, into whatever kind of relationship that you may be in. He said, just as the father knows me, and I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Serving and sacrificing is the act of shepherding. See, You're not just doing dishes. At least I hope you're not. And you're not just taking the kids to soccer camp. At least I know that's not what it's about. You're not just listening to her because she wants to talk and you have to because she's got you cornered. That's not what we're doing. It's not just being forced to honor him because somebody showed you a Bible verse that says honor your husbands. No, it's not just that. It's the sacrifice of serving and tending to that other person's soul that brings forth life, that begins to, uh, it, it's, it's shepherding, and it's putting meat back on the bone. It's restoring uh, the muscular structure to these old dry bones to the skull that was left behind because of neglect. It's beginning to give strength to it. And then not only that, beginning to layer beauty back over the top of of what is being healed. Serving in sacrifice is the vaccine and the antidote to the scattered and sculled relationship. It really is. It is the antidote for, for a relationship that has been um, schooled or reduced to the skull that has been scattered. And if you want a relationship back, if you want to heal a relationship, then shepherding is the direction that God is calling us to go. It's, it's how he heals humanity. It is, it is more than just his occupation. It is who he is. And as the good shepherd, he lays down his life through serving and through sacrifice. We're going to get next week more into the practical applications about this. But as we move into expressions, um, I know that this got a little visceral, a little um, almost grotesque, if I can use that. And, and, and that sounds kind of odd to say, but... Um, sometimes when we pull back the, the covers, uh, we begin to peel back on a relationship. And if we're honest, we may find out that the relationship is not really as health- healthy as it should be. Um, you may have already known that. So let me encourage you. Um, as you see on the screen that there's a number that you can call. Don't leave today without having hope. Because God may have opened your eyes to something, but he doesn't want you to leave your eyes open to maybe the horror of a relationship or a horror of a condition and just leave you there. But rather, he wants to give you the hope of, of to experience the power of shepherding in your life through the Holy Spirit, but also to give you the, the promise of the shepherd that if we begin to tend to our relationships, the sheep will hear our voice. So maybe today you have discovered that you have allowed yourself to become the hireling and you're really no longer the shepherd. You're, you're doing relationships from a saddle and with a rope. And I know exactly how it is to get there, where you get frustrated with the relationship and then all of a sudden you're not walking alongside sheep. You're not leading in and out and safeguarding and nourishing you're you're driving you're hurting and um and maybe that's where you've gotten with your spouse or with your kids let me encourage you breathe in hope return to shepherding and you will see how it will speak into their lives and and then let's take one more step here and and I do so with a little intrepidation, but I think with a lot of necessity. Because when I said the word flayed, when I actually saw it as I was studying, it, as I said it even while speaking to you, I realized that maybe some of you are overwhelmed um, because you are that person that has been school or flayed to the bone. Um, maybe you are that person who was that child that was bullied and then left untended maybe because of a divorce in your family you were unle you were left unshepherd uh, maybe because of victimization that somebody perpetrated against your life that all the beauty and the muscle of life all those the strength that you should have was just stripped away and and even for years you have just felt like a person who is just a skull, just um, a life, but there's no beauty in that. Can I tell you that Jesus moved from occupation to person when it comes to shepherd? Because we're told by the apostle Peter that he is the great shepherd of our souls, and that Christ is the good shepherd. And that's why we sang that song in Christ alone. Because if you'll allow yourself to be shepherded and tended to and nourished and protected by God himself, you will begin to hear his voice and you'll be led in and you'll be led out and you'll find that strength and and muscle will be restored to your life and, and dry bones will be restored and the breath of God and the beauty of life will be restored and returned to you. So let me encourage you, again, if you don't have anybody to pray with there and and you would want somebody to pray with you, please call in now. And and our ministers are prepared and ready to pray with you. Father, as we not only hear the hard part of the story of life, we also hear the promise of life. The God, that we can begin to step back into relationships with a tending heart, with the heart of Christ, and begin to, uh, to see the restoration of, of our relationships. That our voices will once again be heard as we begin to serve and to sacrifice. And God, for those of us who have experienced being flayed by life because we were not shepherded, Maybe we were parented, maybe we were schooled, maybe we were told, but, but maybe it just wasn't the tending and the nourishing and the leadership that was needed for us to grow to be whole individuals. Today, God, as we continue in this moment of worship and in prayer, we ask that you would shepherd our souls and we turn to hear your voice to have you restore our lives.